Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life. Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. Hey, I'm Garth Callahan. Thanks for tuning in. I am a seven-time cancer thriver, but more importantly, I've been writing notes to my daughter, Emma, and sticking them into her lunch ever since kindergarten. Hi, I'm Dara, the creator of crazyperfectlife.com, a place to go to help you find meaning each day and live your best life. And I'm also the author of Crush Cancer, available on Amazon. Welcome to Thrive, the podcast with Garth and Dara. We're so glad you're here. I can imagine people, you know, the luster of New Year, you know, it's kind of dead at this point. You're either kind of tired and trying to recoup from the multiple parties that you've had to go to or staying up late and maybe even you're starting to regret Mm. resolutions that you've made in in the heat of the moment right so let's talk about that resolutions are you the type of person that makes new year's resolutions i used to be to a certain extent i have slowly moved away from that as i've matured or I guess, you know, just grown older. I kind of agree. I mean, I have always been the kind of person who did make New Year's resolutions. In fact, one of my favorite things to do on New Year's Eve was to go around the dinner table and say (laughs) what our resolutions, what we were planning on focusing on. But I don't do that anymore because I think just like, as you said, I feel like I've kind of grown a little bit and it's not about making a list. It's about doing some serious, intentional thinking and planning And we talk a lot about living with intention on this podcast, and I can't think of a better time to be intentional than around the beginning of the year. I love the word resolution. It always reminds me of the Resolute Desk. It's the presidential desk. It was tied to the HMS Resolute. I feel like there's this really strong power behind the word. And yet my guess is, I'm sure that we could dig up a study, that sometime around Valentine's Day, the resolutions that people have made have kind of fallen to the wayside. Yeah, I mean, if it even takes that long, right? So you and I both go to the gym and you and I both know that in January, it's going to be really crowded for about, I'd say two weeks. And then after about two weeks, this is what happens every year. The crowds start to kind of dissipate. And then I feel like it kind of gets back to the way it used to be, right? Before. Why, why do you think that is, Dara? I think because of what we're saying. People go into it saying, I'm going to start exercising and getting in shape. And then they just say that. And then they say, okay, the way to do that is to go to the gym. They start maybe too hard or they start and maybe don't give themselves a little bit of like, okay, I'm going to do this for this month. And then I'm going to get up to doing this the next month because they just kind of want to start and they want to be in shape, but it's painful, right? It can be painful to try to get in shape or even work through whatever it is you want to accomplish. I think one of the biggest reasons why a resolution kind of falls off and we'll use the gym as one of those typical ones, because I know that that's a very common New Year's. Yeah, a lot of people listening to this probably are thinking, you know, I do plan to get in shape in 2019. So what they don't do is they don't define what that means. They don't come up with steps on how to get there. They just have this ominous kind of nebulous, quote unquote, in shape. And they don't necessarily realize that, hey, you know what? walking on the treadmill or or jogging lightly on the treadmill for 20 minutes and lifting some light weights for another 20 or 25 minutes is actually doing really good things for your body. 
Yeah, especially if you haven't been doing anything, right? But you're not seeing the results by January 15th and you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. No, and that's the hardest <clears throat> part, I think, about resolutions is we want immediate gratification. We want to see our hard work pay off, but we don't necessarily want to do all of the hard work. We don't stick in there. We don't give it the time that it needs to start to see the results. Right. It, you don't. People don't realize that, hey, I haven't been to the gym for 10 years. <laughs> um, so it's taken me 10 years to get to this point where I am today. John but I, Kurtz, I, if you are <laughs> listening to this, which I hope you are, <laughs> do not quit. <laughs> but, but you know, they're saying, oh, you know, it took me 10 years to get to where I am. I expect immediate results within the first couple of weeks of spending my $59.99 on, on the gym membership. And I have and I, a friend who decided one year that she wanted to get in shape. And instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym for X amount of time, her only parameter was every day I'm going to exercise. Now, even if that meant literally walking on the treadmill for one minute, it didn't matter. She just knew that she had to be consistent. She was kind of a all or nothing person. And so she knew that as long as she did it every single day, she would stick with it. And I think she really did stick with it because, and she said there were days that she literally would go to the gym, walk on the treadmill for like five minutes and would just kind of be like, okay, I am not into this. I'm out. Or she would just walk around her neighborhood for like five minutes and then she would be done. But because she didn't have that, I have to go for an hour or I have to do this, it made it a little bit easier for her to sort of do what she wanted to do. I saw this video probably, gosh, I'm going to say four or five years ago now. It's on YouTube. We'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you will have or you will be, depending on when you listen to this, listening to this guest of ours, Alex Sheen. The video that he did was that the New Year's resolution is dead and it is much better to make a New Year's promise. And he made a promise one year to volunteer at a nonprofit every week. And That's a pretty big commitment, actually. It, it was a really big commitment. And let me tell you, I actually... I had the blessing of seeing this happen in real life. Emma and I were at a conference that was run by Alex. The end of the week and the end of the conference were rolling around and Alex kind of, he got this ghastly look on his face and he's like, holy cow, I need to find a nonprofit right now. Because, oh my gosh, wow. Right, It was so ingrained in his personality at that point that he recognized that he had made this promise. It was the end of the week. And because he was running this conference, he kind of let that slip because the conference was such a big deal. And let me tell you, he, you know, immediately got on his phone and started trying to find a nonprofit that was open so that he could go volunteer for a little bit. I took away two things from that experience. One is that very simply, Making a promise is much more powerful than making a resolution. If you promise that you're going to exercise every day, even if it's for five minutes, that's actually a promise that almost everybody can fulfill, right? I mean, even if you're just doing push-ups in your own house. The other thing that I took away, and I'm a big fan of this, is that if you have decided to make a change in your life, you do not need to wait for New Year's to make it happen. You know, the best time to make a change is the moment that you have that idea to make a change and start that change immediately and build some momentum towards that change. You don't need to wait for an arbitrarily geared 
calendar date to make a resolution or a promise and start acting on that. There's a day for everything, right? There's National Dog Day, there's National Pudding Day, who knows what it is. You can always find a reason to start making a positive change in your life today as opposed to waiting for a particular date on our created calendar. I love that so much. It's really powerful. Why do you think we don't keep the promises we make to ourselves? I think one of the simple reasons is either we don't see our results, we don't realize that a lot of effort needs to go into something to build on it, or we don't have an accountability partner set up. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point. Having an accountability partner is very, very important. Having someone that will say, hey, Garth, you didn't go to the gym today. You know, what's going on? Or, hey, Dara, why aren't you putting the time into whatever it is you said you were going to do? So that's a great point, Garth. And I think if you are someone who is thinking about really trying to accomplish something, and I hope everyone is, then maybe think about who would be a really good accountability partner. And sometimes people just like to share things on social media, and they don't even necessarily have a partner, but just putting it out there on social media makes it so they are being held accountable. And I've seen people do that a lot on Facebook, especially. I know that I've talked a lot about this, but one of the most difficult things I did in my life so far anyway, is I wrote a book and I, I had to do it in a very short time frame. I had to write, it was about 50,000 words, I think, in 80 days. And I will be honest with you, if it was just Garth and his computer sitting in a Starbucks or sitting in his home office writing away every single day, there is absolutely no way that I would have hit that goal. But I had an accountability partner who actually had given me assignments that were due every week. Yeah, I think that's important. And so I was making small progress and it was measurable every week. Like, hey, you know, I've turned in X number of words this week. Now, how many words do I need to write next week? And you know, imagine if you had a gym partner or any type of partner that just you were able to say, hey, look what I did this week. What if one of your ideas for the year, your resolutions or your promises or whatever you want to call it, would be to read a book a week? And I think the best way to do that, you, you would join a book club or two because those people are going to hopefully help hold you accountable and you're going to learn and grow and read through those books and really push yourself as opposed to turning on Netflix and, and binging for another three hours. The reason that I love January for thinking about, and I'm not going to use the word resolutions anymore, but thinking about promises that we want to make to ourselves is because it is kind of a fresh start. It is kind of a new beginning. So even though we can make these changes anytime we want to, and we don't have to wait for the calendar year to kind of give us that little nudge, I think for a lot of people, it does kind of serve as a reminder that they can start fresh. So let's talk about some ways that someone can actually begin to maybe create whatever it is they desire that they want in their lives. And so when I was thinking about this, I think the first step is to really take time to think about what it is you actually want. And a lot of times we don't do this. We just sort of go through our days. We check things off of our to-do list. We get stuck in the craziness, the hecticness of our lives. And so I really encourage you to step back and take time to think about what it is you really want out of your life. And there is definitely a lot of intention around that step. But 
you're not going to get what you want if you don't even figure out what it is you want in the first place. I think one of the critical steps after you have started to sketch out whether it's in your mind or, or with a conversation what you want in your life, I think the very next most critical step is to write it down. Whether it's in a planner or a journal or just a blank sheet of paper to say, I want this. And whatever it is, I want to be able to do 100 push-ups in a row. I want to be able to, to read a book a week. I want to learn 52 new recipes and be this awesome chef with these 52 recipes. My um, family would love it if I said that. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. 52. That That's a lot of food choices right there, right? Right. And if you think about it, there are 52 weeks. So there really, it doesn't seem like it's that hard when we talk about it like that. Right. And you know, one of the reasons why I like using recipes as an example is that recipes are also plans. Yes. Right. So, so right. You you have the plan, you have the ingredients, you have the steps, you have step one through whatever. And then hopefully you have a great finished product that tastes incredible to you. So little side note, we talked about the pressure cooker recently and Garth, guess what I got over the weekend? An Instant Pot. An Instant Pot. Yes. And I have been playing around with my Instapot. Anyway, I just, just a little side note. It is as cool as everyone says it is. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. I'll take your word for that because I'm definitely still old school with my pressure okay. cooker. I'm just going to tell you, it's pretty cool. You can put some dried beans in there and then like 40 minutes later, you have cooked beans. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Side note. All right. I really think that writing something down and then trying to understand what are the steps that you need to do to accomplish whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. We'll continue on with the recipes because I think that that's a really good analogy, both inside and outside this example. You might not know the whole process that you need to do to get through learning 52 new recipes, but you can probably figure out the first two or three steps that you need. And whether that's going online and f sourcing a recipe or buying a special cookbook or whatever, you know, making sure you have the ingredients and making it. I think that that's something really fundamental to accomplishing what you want, which is write it down and measure your progress. It's almost, you know, I don't want to say it's business-like, but look, that's how businesses do their stuff, right? They say, hey, this is what we want to accomplish this next year. How are we going to get there? Well, and you brought something out that I think is important, which I think it's okay if you are a little businesslike in figuring this out. And I think sometimes people don't take the time to necessarily think about their lives in that way. But if you don't think about what it is you want from your life, or you don't think about what you want to accomplish in a, a little bit of a structured way, it's not going to happen. And another thing to really remember is you don't have to assume that things have to stay the way they are. They don't have to stay the same. You don't have to settle. So if there's something that you've really been wanting to do, you can, just as Garth said, break it down into small steps to make it happen. I love the phrase never settle. I actually just um, got a new phone and the, the company's logo is never settle. And so when you turn on the phone the first time, that actually is on your little phone homepage. Nice. Uh, I love the idea that, you know, not settling means growth. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. So we all have opportunities to grow. And really, that's what a New Year's resolution or a New Year's promise is all about. How do you want to grow over the next two months, three months, year, however you want to measure it? What are the things that you want to add to you? It's okay, by the way, to have a not massive goal. If you have been a couch potato for 10 years, 
and you say, I want to run a triathlon by December 31st, that might be an aggressive goal. That might be something that's a little bit too much, but sit down and really measure out and be realistic. Like if, if you can't boil water, you shouldn't have a goal of becoming the next Food Network TV star. <laughs> well, wh what you're saying is push yourself to get out of your comfort zone because we don't grow when we always stay in our comfort zone. It's right. just, I think it's just as simple as that. And so be willing to think about things that can push you a little bit and it's uncomfortable sometimes to grow, right? Growing pains can be painful at times, but it's okay. And I think a lot of times maybe we say, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. I worked out yesterday and my body hurts and I'm just done. I'm not doing that anymore. Or I don't want to try this new recipe because it didn't go so well yesterday, which I can speak from experience. I've tried a lot of recipes and they don't always go so well. <laughs> but the point is, is that you know, be willing to kind of push yourself through the pain. And sometimes it's just so easy, especially when it's something new to just toss in the towel and walk away instead of pushing through the pain to get to the other side. I think that's actually one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of the word resolution, especially because, you know, lately, probably what, for the past five, 10 years, we continue to hear these these words in the news especially when it comes to congress right it's a continuing resolution well you know they're continuing to <laughs> to do the same thing that they've been doing which is not actually pass a but not actually get a budget to be passed right they're just kind of saying oh yeah we're, we're gonna stop looking at the checkbook but we're just gonna keep spending the money garth callahan Thrive. The podcast with Garth and Dara is a non-political podcast. Oh, no, I so I, I I'm I'm equally blasting all people in Congress, regardless of political yeah. affiliation. Okay, okay. Um, and, and but it's this process where nothing really changes. They just keep going in the same direction. It's okay to start something on your own and put out goals and measurements and get an accountability partner and try and try and try, I think that there's inherent value in trying and not succeeding on everything. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because we don't talk about all of the failures that very successful people have been through to see and realize the success that they're in now. And I don't care who you are, if you are a successful person, you have failed and you have been willing to you know, take two steps forward, three steps back, regroup, figure it out, try again. I personally can speak from experience. So can you, Garth? I mean, that's just part of life. You have to give yourself the grace to make mistakes and then get back out there and try again. You know, the biggest thing about failures is most failures, right, right. Most failures aren't true, like life threatening or life horrible failures that are going to completely alter the path of your future. Let's stick with the resolution or the promise to learn 52 new recipes. Let's say that you picked a bad recipe or you forgot an, a key ingredient or even worse, you put in the wrong ingredient. It's done it, all of those things. <laughs> right. And and so it's it's okay to try something and say, hey, you know what? This just isn't for me. Or, oh my goodness, I put in a cup of salt instead of sugar. And no wonder these cookies are awful, right? <laughs> yeah. Take that experience and, and make it a learning process. It keeps going back to what's your recipe for success 
What is your recipe to accomplish some of the things that you'd like to accomplish? Write the darn thing down, come up with a plan, come up with an accountability partner. And that way, you know, come Valentine's Day, you have not forgotten about it. You haven't put it in the back. You know, everybody has this junk drawer in their house somewhere. And yeah. So I was going to say, I think it's important to put it, write it down and put it somewhere that you're not going to forget about it. And so one of the places that I like to post things that I want to keep top of mind is in my bathroom by the mirror, by the sink, because let's face it, I'm spending a lot of time there, right? I'm brushing my teeth a couple times a day. I'm I'm just in there. And so that's such a good place for me to kind of keep whatever it is front and center in my mind. I recommend that. Put it on you know, an index card and stick it up there. I actually have little stickers. That are, they're kind of like sticky notes, but they're a little bit stronger. And I like to write on those and stick them on the back of my cell phone. Okay, so if I did that, I would have like... 20 yellow pieces of paper all over my cell phone. That would not work for me. But look, well, hold up your cell so, phone. Let me see it. Do you have it? Yeah. So, but I'm only yeah. doing like one sticker at a time. Oh my gosh. I, I wish y'all could see these stickers. They look like little fortune cookie size. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, the size of them. I'm sorry. That this, it's the size of a fortune cookie. It is. Or I, yeah, I bought some, right. some He's pen. He's digging through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm opening up my, my, my oh, one drawer okay. in my desk. They're like these little post-it notes that are a little bit smaller than fortune cookies. Yes, they are. And so I can write a few words on it. So and what does the one on your phone say right now, Garth? Well, this one's a little bit sarcastic. Um, okay, we love sarcasm. It says, my friends call me for tech support. Well, actually, your friends do call you for tech <laughs> I know, support. I why, know, but it, why is that on the back of your phone? I don't it, understand. It's because I needed to remind myself that it's actually a blessing when somebody calls me and needs help with their technology. It means that they respect my abilities and that I shouldn't get frustrated with them because they are less able with their gadgets. That was a very nice way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. That's so funny. Okay. So did you type it up? That did one, you... I actually, I, I wanted to see if I could print it on my inkjet and okay. it was a disaster. So I'm just going to be writing them from this point on. I like the idea of kind of having this reminder whenever I go to look at my phone and as an example I think it's a good idea actually right, because like, people are always on their phones well, and, and it, this serves a twofold purpose outside of the fact that i'm reinforcing this saying that i want to keep in my head and keep in the forefront of my thoughts right now it's disposable right because it's just a piece of paper and the more i take it in and out of my pocket it's going to wear out they don't last much more than a week so i'm always refreshing it but then also it gives me a, a distinct reason to turn my phone face down Mm, nice. Yeah. So I'm not I like I, it. Right. So I'm not being bothered by interruptions or notifications. I'm constantly reinforcing what that little phrase is going to be. And so there are all sorts of ways to remind yourself on a daily basis. You know, Dara, I don't know that I've told you this. I may have, and I've just forgotten. You have been really instrumental in trying to get me to be more mindful and meditate mm, on yeah. a more regular basis. And I set up a calendar reminder for it. And so every few days I get a calendar pop up that says, hey, Garth, you know, did you want to meditate today? And it popped up this morning and I thought, oh, how am I going to fit this into my schedule? Oh, yeah, this looks like a good time to do this. How's it and, going? You know, I'm, I'm still not a big fan. 
but I recognize that meditation is more like a practice. It's not it, something it, you're. It's totally a practice. Yeah. Right. And you're, and you're judging yourself. I can already feel it. So the best way to kind of keep practicing meditation is to do it. And I like to say, do it every day at the same time, to be perfectly honest with you. And ideally it would be before you even walk Charlie, because you would have not really thought about a lot of stuff. And so your mind wouldn't get cluttered with all of the to-do lists and all the things that you have to think about. You would just kind of get out of bed, brush your teeth, and then meditate. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> well, I, and you don't have to. I mean, like I said. Yeah. You know, I think maybe that's something that I need to, to work on for a New Year's resolution or a New Year's promise. It's not that I dislike it. I'm just not loving it. And it's really hard to quiet my mind. Right. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll but talk it, about that later. I'll give well, you some tips. The reason why I started talking about this was not the, you know, Garth's inability to meditate well. <laughs> it was the, hey, here's a tool that works for me. Yeah. To remind myself to do something. Maybe for you, it's putting index cards up on your bathroom mirror. Maybe for somebody else, it's writing a note every day to themselves to, you know, do such and such thing. You really have to pick a tool that works for you and stick with that tool and make sure that you are being very consistent and purposeful in how you're going about working through your New Year's promise. And then don't beat yourself up if you skip a day or you don't do what you really had hoped to do. Do you remember when we were kids, the gold stars? Do you remember the little gold stars? You're not responding uh, like you I, it's, it, it's because i don't i don't i don't even know how to tell you how important gold stars were okay. to, to my life back then Me too. okay so all anyone had to do was say we're gonna make a chart of stars right and so i remember they were gold silver red green and blue those were the colors of the stars and if you did something a lot of times back in the day there were no computers there were no spreadsheets so people made handwritten charts if they were really fancy maybe they i don't know typed them out i remember like if i cleared the table every day i would get a star and then you know there was nothing like seeing five stars in a row, right? <laughs> Nothing's going to happen if you don't get your gold star for the day, if you skip a day or if life gets in the way because we're grown-ups now and we all have a lot of responsibilities on us. So I think just not beating yourself up, not making yourself feel badly, not judging yourself is really important. And then just saying, okay, I'm going to go back to my New Year's promise. You know what? Just because you didn't get the gold star for the day doesn't, that's not a it's reason. It's not a failure. It's not right? a failure. You don't stop at that point. You just recognize, okay, hey, today I, I messed up or I didn't have time or, or whatever. How do I make sure that I stay on track? I'm actually you know, sad for our kids because they never got the joy of the gold star charts. I'll be honest with you, Dara. You didn't like it? The reason why I remember stars the most is because of Sister Mary Agnes. And um, Sister Mary Agnes was, I grew up in a really small town and believe it or not, we actually had three nuns that were associated with our church, which was like half the town's population. Um, no, I'm kidding. Sister Mary Agnes was the grumpiest one. And I won't go further into that, but she was really grumpy. We used to get stars in our catechism books once we had memorized a certain prayer. And I think you got a gold star if you were able to get through the whole prayer with no mistakes, a silver star if you could get through most of it, blah, 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 right? As a grown-up, I think back, and these little tiny pieces of metallic sticky things, whatever they were, you know, not once did, did I learn 
why I was saying the prayer or what, or what did you were just doing it to get the star? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't understand necessarily what the words meant. I didn't understand the weight that they might carry or what I might be saying in a prayer. It was like, Hey, let me just get through this so that I can get the silly gold star. But and I think they were hoping that, you know, over time you would learn it. And then one day you would look back and say, Oh, I'm so glad I, I know all of this. Yeah. But you know, I do you was remember like, it? I sure do remember the well, prayers, there you but, go. but I'm That's 49 right. years old, right? It took me 40 years because I started doing these in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and I didn't know the meaning behind the prayers. And it was more of a, hey, let, let's just get the star and, and move on to the next page. Well, I think uh, you're talking about, we're talking about motivation then and whatever motivates you to stick with your plan or your promise Find something that motivates you. I know I have a friend who says, okay, if I go to the gym and I do what I said I was going to do every single week for a month, then I get to go buy myself a new pair of exercise pants. And that's the way that she kind of motivates herself in the short term. So it's not like it's a, you know, three month, six month situation where you don't get that immediate gratification. She's kind of doing that to motivate herself. It's kind of like her form of a gold star. You know what my biggest gold star is right now? What Garth? What is it? Chick-fil-A. That's your gold star. Yes. Yeah, so, so I never know what you're going to say. I... <laughs> and that is not something that I thought you were going to say. So <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fast food person. I would be really hard pressed to buy fast food unless I was literally start like, you know, it's been all day and that was the only choice. I would even not buy it even if I was starving. Well, so <laughs> I actually, I go to Chick-fil-A every other time I go for therapy. That's okay. my reward. Okay. That makes perfectly good sense. And there's a couple of reasons. One is that going to therapy is actually really challenging for me. It's on the other side of town. So mm. it's an hour round trip. Oh, plus yeah. the hour in the office. And I like Chick-fil-A enough that that's a pretty, it's not a motivating factor, but it's a nice reward. Why can't it be every time? Why does it have to be every other? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is that, look, let's face it, it's still fast food. And that I don't always go at a time that's conducive to having Chick-fil-A. Got it. Like, I don't want to have a Chick-fil-A sandwich at three o'clock in the afternoon. That's just, it's not a good afternoon snack. So now that I'm- Now, if you're uh, the Chick-fil-A executives, I'm sorry that I said that. We really love three o'clock Chick-fil-A sandwiches <laughs> as an afternoon snack. What do you get when you go to Chick-fil-A? In the morning, if I'm going, I get a chicken biscuit, which by the way, has as many calories as the chicken sandwich. I'm very in tune to that. It's not anywhere close to a healthy breakfast. If I go in the afternoon, it's a spicy chicken sandwich. So why are you asking me these questions? We're so off topic now. <laughs> I know, I know. I realized that we were so off topic. Sorry. Okay. It was your fault, not mine. I know, but I was just curious as to what would be the big prize for you. The biggest prize is the fact that the more I go to therapy, the quieter my mind is and the more at ease I am with the situation that my life has presented me with. Yeah. And yeah. so the reward is more of a basic reward to hit my stomach. But the real reward is, hey, I'm actually able to live with the challenges I have in my life. So figure out what your motivation is and then build it into your life so that 
you are able to see a little bit of immediate gratification as you navigate through your promise for the year. I'm excited because I've kind of broken my my promises into 13-week blocks. And so in my mind, it's easier for me to manage 13 weeks at a time. I can get to a goal sooner. I can start on the second phase of that goal or the third phase. There's always this constant motivation. That actually brings me to the napkin note for this episode. The napkin note is something I wrote to Emma a long time ago, probably five years ago, but it's so applicable to how you can start something and how you should follow through. The napkin note is the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Mm, I love that so much. The second best time is now. Yeah. It's one of my favorite quotes. And I really think that that goes to um, number one, not waiting for New Year's to come up with a resolution or a promise. And two, always remind yourself that, yeah, it would have been great if you started going to the gym every day 20 years ago, but the second best time is actually today. Beautiful. So, you know, that's kind of in line with the thriving tip for the day. And if you're new to the podcast, the thriving tip is a little bit of extra goodness that you can take with you. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what Garth just said, which is the way you start is the way you finish. And so if you start something, start it with excitement, start it with the anticipation of achieving whatever it is you plan on achieving. Start it telling yourself that you're going to get whatever it is you want. And I guarantee you, if you start it that way, you are way more likely to realize your dream, your goal, your resolution, your plan. Try it. I promise you, it really does work. The most important part of what you just said was the start. start. Yeah, absolutely. And starting something requires momentum and it requires motivation and it requires inspiration, maybe all three. So get going and start. We'd love to hear back from you and let us know what your promises are. You can contact us via our social media or post a picture of something and tag us. I am Garth Callahan, the original Napkin Notes Dad. You can find out more about me at napkinnotesdad.com. I'm Dara, creator of crazyperfectlife.com. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thrive is created by Dara Kurtz of Crazy Perfect Life and Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes Dad, with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable. It would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Dara and Garth.